What's up, everybody? You know, you know what happens on Mondays, That now you get something from the archives. Enjoy this week's inspiring motivational interview, and we will catch you later on in the week as we start to share with you some of the best of the best tools and tactics, everything having to do with sales. Let's go. Welcome to the Elevation Nation podcast, rewiring your brain in three, two, one. This show exists for one purpose and one purpose only, to create rapid business growth. These tactics can be applied to your career and bring instant transformation. It's brutally honest, refreshing, and proactive. It's gonna hit you where you live because it's applicable and relatable. It's unconventional and dependable. This is the show where you are developed as a leader. You are developed as a high achiever. You are developed in a way that gives you a full life, one of purpose, passion, power, and prosperity. And here is your host, Kaylin Ellsbury. Hey, sharks, I am laughing hysterically with Eve. You don't know her yet. Um, actually, you probably do, because uh, she's just taken the world by storm. She has a cosmetics company. She was a pageant queen. Um, she travels the world with her hubby, and uh, she's she's just a force to be reckoned with. So, Eve, go ahead, introduce yourself. Who are you? Do I need an intro after that? Thank you. Um, we yeah, because I ruined we're, it. <laughs> no, we were having fun with my name, um, just American versus English kind of pronunciations. But yeah, I'm Eve Dawes. I'm originally from England, hence the accent. And I live in Las Vegas, Nevada with my husband. Been a long career journey to get to where I am. Done a lot of different things from being a ballerina to being a dance captain to being a personal trainer to doing blogs and podcasts and then doing this latest venture, which was the cruelty-free cosmetic line. Yes. And for those of you wondering, yeah, she's actually nice too. Um, when I met her, I we had a commonality because she volunteers for a lot of Cystic Fibrosis Foundation events. And I just stood staring at her at a dinner. Y'all, you need to get this. I was staring at her at a dinner because she's like a supermodel. <laughs> and then she's nice. And then she volunteers her time for cystic fibrosis. And then she's got the accent. So I was just staring at her like, how do regular girls become you? <laughs> because that's the dream when we've got Barbies. Um, so we're talking to a real life Barbie who's also compassionate. Well, and you're so- the same, but you're so humble because I was sat there thinking the same thing. And then it was like, when I started kind of like going back when I, after meeting you as well, and I'm going through your Instagram, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so inspirational. You have so much going on. You don't let anything hold you back. And I think that's one of the reasons we connected is because we just had so many commonalities and it was just like, yes, this is awesome. And I just really wanted to support each other. And I love that when you find women like that, that you can connect with and they're just your tribe and you really push each other. Yeah. Can you tell me I'm pretty too? You're so pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. This is going to be a show like unlike any other. You're going to do a hair flick when I tell you that though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did. I I perked up a little bit. (laughs) Not going to lie. Anyways, sorry sharks. If there's anyone left listening, um, you're going to have a riot in the next half hour on your commute. Um, Because you've got this, here's what I love. You have this cruelty-free cosmetics company. And by the way, I don't know how old you are, but you look like 23. Um, When did you decide you wanted to go full out into entrepreneurship and create, of all things, you can create a cosmetic company. I always got one. But then you're like, nope, 
we got to make it harder. I want it cruelty free. I think it was a long journey, actually, in entrepreneurship from and also having faith because taking that risk takes a lot of confidence, a lot of pocket money. And so you've got to if you're going to you've got to really believe in what you're doing to invest in it. And it's not just financially. It's a lot of time. And obviously, that's also taking time out of your relationship and other things you could be spending time on. But having probably I had about 10 years in business after retiring from dancing. So I danced professionally for 10 years. And then after retiring, I probably had another or by that point, I know it was actually 10 years. It was our 10 year anniversary, but 10 years experience in business, working with my husband's business together on that, working with different marketing companies and SEO and seeing how everything comes together and product sourcing. And then it was just, I have the money. I want to invest in something. I don't want to just keep going shopping and spending it on like, like yes, I want to invest in charities and do things, but what can I invest in for the long term? Like I have the business skills. How do I now utilize them? What am I passionate about? And the fitness, it was great. I was helping people, but I could help more people online by giving them free resources and I have a wider reach than doing it per hour in the gym and the hours weren't so sure and it just you know, I just couldn't get that reach that I wanted doing it that way and honestly from a financial standpoint I wanted more than that as well so I found the cruelty-free cosmetics because there was a couple of reasons actually the first I hate to admit this now because all of the luxury brands that I knew of all tested on animals and I liked the products. Like I love Chanel, I love Dior, I love Armani, but there was a huge gap in the market for cruelty-free luxury products. And I just couldn't, I couldn't anymore get my head around why we're testing on animals still. There is absolutely no need, except for if you're trying to keep your costs down and manufacture in China, that's literally the only reason it's not necessary. So I really wanted to fill that gap. And second, I didn't want it to be a product. I wanted it to be experience and experience. And I feel like that's where everything's going. We're not gifting things anymore. We're gifting experiences. We're gifting memories. Like, you know, the product, the product market is so saturated. How do we stand out? What are our USPs? And so I talk, if I talk too quick, slow me down. I get, really excited about this because I love it it. Uh, but I first discovered this in New York and I actually had a custom lipstick made for me so I'm not the first person to come up with the idea I can't like claim that unfortunately but I love it I felt special so cheesy I mean I called it even New York but I was like I get to blend the perfect nude so now I haven't got to waste money buying like 20 different nude lipsticks to find the right one blending like three together and then I've got a bag full of nudes to keep creating the right color I'm like okay it's the right color I've got a product I'm always going to remember New York by and I was like this is what I need in Vegas like we have so many bachelorette parties and birthday parties and weddings like how amazing would that be for a bridal party to have that and suddenly she's got her new lipstick and she calls it Mrs whatever her new married name is and the whole bridal party has that color and it's just so custom and I love that personal touch to it yeah like Mrs. Shelton right um because that's that's gonna happen soon um (laughs) (laughs) we've only been engaged two years and have no progress yes that will be winging its way to you we can do a little virtual consultation for you (laughs) because I do the virtual appointments I'll make you something fab (laughs) (laughs) so here's the thing that I love about you you've got this like I don't know what the word is. We're going to go with confidence. And it's it's so inspiring because, you know, like if I'm being honest, like I'm not nearly as confident as you. You know what I mean? Like I look at you and I'm like, wow, I, I want to one day be like Eve, you know? And I know the neuroscience behind confidence and I know what it takes, you know, and I, I, can, I can do a submodality belief change, you know, and all of these cool tools that we learn in neuroscience um, to, to make us confident in that moment. 
but we strip away that confidence. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just Kaylin. Like I'm this pasty, pale little chick in San Diego. Right. And that's, that's where it comes from. And so I want to get real with you because it's all great and it's all good. But like, can you tell me about a time when you weren't confident or when you thought you were the pasty pale chick? Oh, about 10 minutes before jumping on this call with you? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think like, I mean, what you say, I just see, because I think we also, there's this a little bit of a disconnect between our public persona and our personal persona and what we portray on Instagram. And I do think that should be a very, very positive place to be and an inspirational place. And that's where we go for it. So that's what we portray out there. I mean, it's the glossy like magazine version, right? So that's what I see in you is this is powerhouse, go getter. You're always on it. You're always inspired. You're always producing new content that's helping other people. You really help each people by what you do. And I think it's when we get home and it's suddenly like, oh my God, like, can I afford to do this next step? That's like when you start to um, go through the next step of things, it's huge investments and it's, am I going to do this? And then even like, if I'm going to a new place, I'm like, okay, do I know how to get there on ways? What am I, are people going to like me? Uh, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? What if I stutter? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I offend someone? And all these questions and you have like this social anxiety. And then when you ask me to be on the show, I'm like, well, what if I, what if I don't, what if I don't have the knowledge? What if I don't have something that people find interesting to say? Hey, what if they don't like me? You still have these questions. But I think if you know who you are as a person, that's where the core confidence comes from. So before Mrs. Nevada, I wouldn't even talk on a microphone. I used to pay people to do the microphone stuff for me on cruise ships. Would not go near a mic. Hated it. Um, what? I, literally. And, you know, it was so bizarre. It was Doing Mrs. Nevada, when you're prepping for interview, you really break down who you are. And there was a time in the middle that I nearly didn't compete. It's like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want. I can't tell you my, what my favorite color is. I can't tell you what my favorite food is. As I'm going really like simplistic here because I was like, and they're like, well, what do you do with the title? What, 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 why, who? And I was like, oh my gosh, I really need to think about this. And it breaks you down all the way back down. And when you break yourself down and have to start from scratch, because always from the age of seven, I was going to be a ballerina. That was it. End game did it so I didn't really think about what I wanted after that so then Mm. it really helped when I had that and then you can literally be asked any question if you know who you are and what you want you always have an answer so I think that's where a lot of my confidence comes from and the mic thing came from actually it was after the shooting in Vegas I was at the cystic fibrosis gala I was volunteering there and then I, oh, by the way, um, in like five minutes, can you just go on stage and welcome everyone here, do like a minute's silence, and then segue into the fiesta? That's and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> what? Like, how do you do that in a respectful way? Go from something that's so raw and then make it so that it's still being very sensitive to what people are going through right now into this fiesta scenario, um, but about celebrating life and people's uh, scenario and these new medications. And it was sink or swim. I got the mic and I did it. So I was like, you know what? If I can do any- that, I can do anything. And now, as you can tell, you can't shut me up. Yeah. Like, where this? Where, what was that change? <laughs> <laughs> also, y'all, I don't know about you, but I personally love people who talk more than me because I don't have to work nearly as hard. So go team. Um. <laughs> so I think my takeaway from that is you have to get uncomfortable. And I know it's such a cliche, but to, to grow any areas of your life, like even down to like when you're weightlifting, right? Cause I was a bodybuilder, you have to get uncomfortable and go past your comfort zone to get that muscle growth. It's in that time of uncomfort, like the exercises we hate doing and 
the most painful are the ones we need the most to create balance. Like you have to go outside your comfort zone to be able to grow. Otherwise, you're just going to stay where you are. And one of my ballet teachers actually taught me, if you're not growing, you're dying. And for that stuck with me. And it's like one of those things, okay, I'm not going to be dying. I need to constantly grow, grow, grow. Because the world keeps growing and changing. You've got to keep up. Yeah. And, you know, from from season one, we get really tactical. I, I was explaining to this before we hit record. Um, season one was all about the science, like the hardcore science and the intellect behind how our brains process information. And in season one, we talked about, you know, what it means to to break down, to rebuild, and how our brains can actually do that because neurons that wire together, they fire together. And when you get in a state, and you know, there's a reason that cliches are cliches, like they're true. And when it's true for enough people, we're like, hey, let's make that a cliche. And when we break down a system or a process or a belief change that we're not necessarily aware of going into something, it opens us up to seeing the parts of the solution that we negated when it was a problem. So let me be very specific for those listening. So our brains, as you, as as, as we go through this, like we're only picking up seven plus minus bits of information per second. There's like roughly 126 million at any given moment, um, but we can only consciously be aware of seven plus minus two of them. And when you talk about breaking things down to build it up, that breakdown forces you to pick up different styles of bits that you wouldn't normally have found. And that's why when you're not growing, you're dying. And science has actually proved that our brains, that not only, you know, neuroplasticity, they can rewire and they can rechange, but when you break things down, especially when it comes to, to working out, right, we're stimulating different fibers and our brains over time learn to associate that destimulus with how to actually evolve and incorporate change so that we find solutions that weren't readily there. And I just, I think what you said was absolutely fascinating. And I had to go off on a nerd moment because that is the cliche, but it's the cliche because it's just true. Yeah. And I want people to actually, that's a really good takeaway. It's about breaking things down. That can apply to so many different things, especially in problem solving. Um, that's what came with the luxury cosmetics. If I can't find them, create them. Definitely like creating. But in saying that, so most people might be like, I can never start a cosmetic line. I don't even know where to start. Well, where do you start? So let's break it down and work like reverse engineer. What is it, what do you need to do right from the beginning and then work a step-by-step program to get to where you want to be and then a future goal. So if you have those manageable steps, you can actually start to formulate a game plan to getting to your end result. Sometimes even down to, so for example, a workout, sometimes that workout can seem completely overwhelming. But if you focus on that one rep at a time, suddenly your workout's done and it's not overwhelming anymore. Mm, yeah. So we call that chunking down and it's, it's interesting. So I, oh gosh, I danced for years, loved, loved the sport. And yes, for you guys listening, it's a sport. Um, if you disagree, go try it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, unapologetic about that. My fiance used to say like dancing and cheerleading is not really a sport. And I'm like, come with me. And if you're not dying tomorrow, then you'll change your tone. And now he's like, I could never do it. I I respect the sport. And I'm like, yeah, damn right. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) baggage. And uh, I I started recently in the last week getting really involved again. I've put on some weight from the new medication and, you know, champagne. And I've decided, you know, I want to get my body back. And I did 
cumulatively like 130 minutes of high intensity dance cardio out of like zero to 130 minutes. It was insane. One day was 85 and then the next is 47. So you did the math. I don't know how many minutes that is. And, uh, dude, I'm feeling it today. (laughs) (laughs) You've got pasta and you totally forgot about. I had to make soup for lunch because my muscles were so sore and I needed to nourish myself. And the physical act of picking up the soup because it was on the top cupboard. So I had to stretch to the top cupboard and like, I never thought making soup would hurt. <laughs> I kind of love that pain though, because then I feel like I've done something. I my ab workout last week, it hurt to sneeze the next day. I was like dreading like any kind of rib action going on. Be like, you know what? I had a really good workout and it was worth my time. That's that's a classic NLP context reframe. Um, well played, well played. <laughs> we, we are disasters. And y'all, you know, we're sober right now. <laughs> Give me a few more hours. <laughs> yeah, season three, man, like every episode they've cried um, or you've been close to crying. If you haven't cried at all on season three, there's you need to see somebody because uh, we, we get deep and uh, it's it's so it's it's fun because I shoot these all in one day. And so it's like deep, deep, deep. And then we get on the the mic and we're just laughing and giggling like, you know, middle schoolers trying to make soup. Um, it's pretty fantastic, actually. So let's, let's strip it down again. So I need to hear, tell me about your beauty queen story. When were you like, yeah, you know what? I think I want to be a beauty queen, which by the way, that has never crossed my mind. Uh, well, it should, it should because you have so much to say and so much to offer and such a great platform. I think you'd be great. Um, I don't really call it beauty queen because I don't think it, it's not about beauty. It's about your platform and your heart. Uh, mm. The the I mean, interviewers f- comes first, and that's where you win the judges or lose them. It's where you have to win them over, and it's so it's all about what you're saying to them and what you have to offer and what you're doing. So going back a little bit, how I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> it's, um, oh, I like it. Relevant soapbox. I just, for me, I just moved to Nevada. I've just been in, so even say Nevada now instead of Nevada, because that was one of the things, if you're going to be Mrs. Nevada, you have to say the state, right? Um, I actually had that thought when you pronounced it the first time. I was like, so by the way, we're going to pause on our another random tangent but when I was talking to Eve, I've known her for like years, y'all, but I, I don't know how to pronounce her last name because it's D-A-W-E-S. So I go, does. And she goes, no, it's like doors. But she says it with her little accent. And I'm like, she's like, you know, like the American windows and doors. And I was like, no, that's not at all like the American windows and doors. <laughs> and so I've I've activated my reticular activation system. And now I'm looking for mis, you know, misalignment in her speech, according to how I was raised to say the things like doors in Nevada. And so when you just said that, I was like, ah, another word. And it was just cracking up my mind. Anyways, go on. <laughs> so, I moved from Vegas. Oh, Vegas. I'm getting this back to front now. From oh, wow. LA to Vegas. And it's really hard when you're not working at a corporation or you're working for yourself for meeting people. In the gym, I'm like, headphones on, game over. I'm not talking to anyone. I just want to get in and out and done. My day's too busy. And then so I started doing charity work. And I can't remember, I must have been modeling for something or doing some article because I was doing a photo shoot and the woman said, was talking to me about pageants. She normally does pageant headshots. I was like, 
there's a Mrs. category. What? I thought it was like way too old for this. And it was just Miss and they're all tall and beautiful. Like, no, there's a Mrs. category. You should check it out, especially with at the time I was like really, really um, into the blind center. I was volunteer personal trainer there. So I was like, this, I'm going to look into this. And it was actually a really brilliant way of meeting other people in the community, finding about, out about all the volunteer opportunities and charity work that goes on here, gaining some confidence. And then actually I got so much out of it, like I was saying before, about finding out who I was, what I wanted, what I was going to do here, what the next step in my life was. And the difference always being that I never thought of myself as competitive, but I must be because, you know, I was a competitive bodybuilder before. And But that was so me, me, me. It's all about what I look like and there's no social life. And with a husband, it's very, very hard. Yeah. This, it's all about togetherness. It's about going and doing events together, going volunteering together. You're not dieting like you are and in the gym hundreds of hours. So it's And it's more about everyone else and what you're doing for everyone and what you're doing for your community. And I just love that aspect of it so much. So that's that's what really got me into it. And I didn't win the, set, the first year, actually. But that's not, you know, my nature is not to give up. I mean, if you give up, you're going to lose. You're never going to win. So my nature is, yeah, it's my nature. I was like, I want to hear from the judges. I want to get feedback. I want to work on what I need to um, fix, what I need to work on, become better in all those areas. Not like, oh, I just bad day or she was better than me. It's like, no, what can I improve on? So took that away and then won. (laughs) And won. (laughs) Because why not? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so I mean there's just so many parallels in all your life I know so if whatever you do in one area of your life you do in all and that's so true it's that you have to be so careful what you do because even going to the gym in the morning it'd be so easy to be oh I don't feel like it today but then it's like well what else are you going to say that about today rather than just get up get on get do it just get it done yep just get it done so let's all right let's do this as we wrap up our Giggle Fest, Giggle Fest 2020. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, here we go again. We got it. Like, what, what's going on? Okay. So as we wrap up our Giggle Fest, um, what are you going to say to that person who's stuck? They have a dream. They have a goal. They're just stuck. And they'd rather, they're thinking in their minds, I'm not quite ready to grow, but I definitely don't want to die. I would say break it down, like find out what you're passionate about. And I know it's again, it's one of those things that we can't always make money off of what we're passionate about. But you have to not everything needs to be passionate about, but belief might be a better word. What do you believe in? Or what do you see missing? What do you see what do you see people asking for and needing? And if it's for business, try and fill that gap. Think outside the box. Think of problems you need solving and then find a solution to that problem. That's what people are looking for. Um, just be unique. Don't be afraid to take risks. Don't be afraid to take chances as long as they're calculated risks and it's within your budget. Be smart about it. But just start looking, like just start researching, reading, listening to podcasts like this, getting ideas, copy my business idea, whatever, right? Just uh, don't be afraid to ask for help, ask for mentors. Like, you know, Lisa, whose birthday party we met, she's been a brilliant mentor and we do totally com- different businesses, but you can have the same business structure and ideas and ethos and approach to business and just don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah, I think that, you know what? I, as I interview people, I'm always thinking, you know, what's the title? What's the message? You know, we've got a format. Tell me about your darkest day. What do you learn from that? And, or, you know, the time when you weren't confident. And I was kind of in my head messing around with like different formats uh, and titles. And I was like, and we, we adapt the friends theme, you know, 
the one where blank. And so I was like, the one where it's so cliche, you know? And I was like, oh, that could be so funny because people are listening because it's just cliche. The one where we and giggle the way through. <laughs> yeah, the one where we giggle and it's cliche. <laughs> that could actually be the title for this show. And uh, I also think from a deeper perspective, it's also where it's also the one where we realize it's okay to ask for help. Yeah, absolutely. Because it doesn't show weakness, it actually shows strength because you have to have the courage to ask and you have to be not afraid to look like it doesn't mean you don't know what you're doing. It just means that you're open and willing to learn. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a quote I love and it's uh show some skin and you get everyone's attention. Show some depth and everyone's suddenly afraid of heights. Yeah. And I love that. that's yeah, I it it hits, you know, and so I think as as we leave, you know, hey, if if you're the one confused or you don't know what to do or you feel like there's no options, get yourself some help. Find that person who's doing exactly what you want to do and reach out. I, I think that that's the message. Who as 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 we end, who um who is somebody that really helped you in your path? Other than your husband, because he's great. And we know that. <laughs> Lisa, uh, Lisa Song Sutton, she's like, Siri, you know, well, she's um, a mutual friend of ours, but, you know, she's a serial entrepreneur. She has these great concepts. She has these great connections. And she is, what I really respect it is she is willing to share her knowledge. I think so many people are afraid to share. They're willing that it's going to be competition. If you're successful, share, share your knowledge, help other people. Don't be afraid of that. It's like, oh my God, I'm like spitting out quotes left, right and center here. But it's about, you know, the candle, like a candle doesn't diminish its light by sharing it. It makes the room brighter. So go and brighten the room today. Yeah. Go brighten your damn room, y'all. Right in your damn room and ask for help with lighting. Exactly. And if you don't know where to get from, uh, go for help. Don't be afraid. The worst I can say is no. Do not be afraid of rejection. Reach out to your favorite entrepreneur. Find their email address. Do some research. Find some commonality. Send them a personal heartfelt message on why they'd be a good mentor for you and what you admire about them. Or follow an Instagram hashtag that's relevant and find people that way. Don't, there's always, because there's always a solution to your problem. Don't say, well, I don't know anyone. There's, where there's a will, there's a way. Yep. It's interesting. Uh, We had a guy reach out to me on LinkedIn literally last week and it was such a sweet message. And I, I gave him a call and, you know, he just, he wound up just interviewing me the whole time. I had no idea what I was doing on the call. And it was such a sweetheart because he came at it with such like that gusto that I remember when I first started out in this field. And I was just like, you know what, this kid's going to make it, you know? And I was just, I was so proud of him. And also I was like, wow, is this call ever going to end? You know, cause I, I didn't know there was no structure. He just asked a billion questions. And I took it as an opportunity to serve. And, you know, I hang up the call, I go about my day, and I just completely forgot about him. So sorry if you're listening, I forgot about you. (laughs) And then the next day, he sends me the most heartfelt, thankful letter on LinkedIn about like, hey, you know, I appreciate you. Oh, my gosh, like waterworks, girl, waterworks. Because I'm like, I was taking for granted that I had the opportunity to help somebody. You know, and like this kid is reaching out and he's like, yeah, this is what I want to learn this. And then I, and he chose me to learn it from. And the entire time I'm like, there's no structure to this call. What is the point? Why is he asking me this? And I forgot, and I, I don't want to admit this to you all, but like, I forgot that came from a place of absolute serving. And, you know, if, if you're listening to this, you're like, I don't need help with anything. Great. 
then you're being called to serve and buckle up because the world needs you. And so I think that's, I think we should end on that note. Yeah. I think that's a great note. End on a positive (laughs) note. So don't forget your P's and Q's. (laughs) Yes. And if you want, let's say you're listening, you're like, I want, I want to know how Eve did it. Let's say you want to learn from Eve because she's a fantastic woman to learn from. Eve, where do they find you? You can either shoot me a message, DM me on Instagram at Eve Dawes, my name, or you can just send me an email at eve at fitnessbyeve.com. If you want some free advice, it's all on. You can take a look at the blog, glamouringgainsbyeve.com. But if you don't find it there or you don't fancy searching the website, honestly, just reach out to me in person. Yeah, she's she's super easy to chat with if you guys can't tell. Um, <laughs> you might not get rid weird. of me. You know, you might be on the phone for an hour or the DM's going back and forth for an hour, but I'll answer you. <laughs> well, that's another problem. Um, <laughs> JK, JK, hashtag. Hashtag too cool for school. No, I don't know. All right, bye sharks. Have a great day. Make today count and either get help or give help. Thanks, Claim. Friends, if this show today inspired you, encouraged you, gave you hope, or maybe even made you feel less alone, I'd like to invite you to leave a five-star review and share this message with a friend. You never know who needs it. If you want to enroll in our free masterclass that helps you decrease stress and anxiety and increase the meaning and the sense of purpose in your life, simply text INSPIRE to 66866, and I'll send you the link. If you can't text right now, you're driving, that's fine. When you get a chance, head over to kaylinellsbury.com backslash podcast for all the show notes, more free courses to help you unlock deeper meaning in your life, and sign up for our free and encouraging emails. I love you. I'm grateful for you. Now, go out and build your best life.